Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. I just want to start off by saying allergy season is here and so i'm dealing with some allergies so i may uh sound a little nasally today so my apologies um but i just want to say thank you for watching thank you for listening thank you for sharing the grind it podcast with your friends and your family your co-workers your neighbors because when you share the grind it podcast you're sharing an opportunity to people to get to hear about jesus get to to get to know jesus uh hopefully to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. And today as I'm recording this, it's Friday. It's Good Friday, not just any Friday. It's Good Friday, the day that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. And, and of course, in three days on Sunday morning, he comes out of that tomb alive. And we absolutely have hope. Hope because of the resurrection. Hope because of the blood that Jesus shed on Calvary's cross for our sins. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. And I hope that you have had good uh, Easter services and that many people come to Christ and give their lives to Christ and people renew their, their, um, their relationship with Jesus. But we're going to get into Luke chapter 18. And we'll probably do this in a couple of, of podcasts. And in, in, I just want to refresh because Luke 17 took up five podcasts. It was a very long chapter and they were very long podcasts. And so just to catch us up to speed, I just uh, want to uh, just talk just for briefly, just kind of reiterate what we were talking about. But Jesus is on his way at this time to Jerusalem to die on the cross for the sins of mankind. And very soon, he, um, just just recently, just real quickly, it, in the coming days, in the coming weeks, he's going to be beaten beyond recognition. Isaiah chapter 52 verse 14 says that you, his visage, the King James says his visage was so marred you wouldn't even recognize him. And he's going to be hung up on. He's going to be hung up on his cross like a criminal. In fact, he's going to be hung with two criminals that deserve to be there. But Jesus didn't. He he hasn't done anything wrong. But he's going to be uh, hung on this cross like a criminal. He's going to be mocked by the very people that he came to save. And he's going to die and be buried by of all people, a couple of Pharisees, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. And in three days, he's going to be resurrected. And so they are on their way to Jerusalem. They're on their journey. And Jesus is giving the disciples some instructions because he knows what's about to take place. And he's trying to tell them and warn them what's going to be coming. And he's going to do it again at the end of the chapter. Um, but they just don't understand it. They don't get it. And they really don't get it until Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit falls on them and, and they're full of confidence and they're and they're bold in their faith and 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 the church takes off from there but um they're soon going to find out that uh what jesus has been trying to tell them 
happens, and it just it literally blows their mind. I mean, they 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 desert Jesus. Something they said they wouldn't do, but they 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 do it. Peter denies Jesus three different times, and the rooster crows, and you know he takes off in 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 tears, and he's all upset. And so Jesus, as he's on his way to Jerusalem, it, it's like he's giving them not really pep, a pep talk, but he's trying to just instill them that they that they need to be ready for what's coming. And 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 so in chapter seventeen, he started off by saying, "Look, guys," he says. You're always going to have to be on guard because temptations, they're, they're going to be coming at you constantly. They're not going to stop. They're not going to slow down. There's going to, there's, the devil's going to be coming. Because he even told Peter one time, he said, Satan has asked permission to sift you like wheat. And, and, and we know how easily Peter caved when, uh, when Jesus was being on trial and about to be beaten, and, and he told the servant girl when she asked if he if he was with Jesus, I don't know the man. You know, he three different times he denies Jesus after he had just said, I will never deny you, I will die with you. And he caved. And so Jesus is telling him, Look, in, in chapter starting off on chapter 17, he says that uh temptations are, are gonna be coming and that you have to be on guard. And then he says you know, some people might not be as strong as you when those temptations come and they give in to those temptations, sin then enters and and, and people are going to sin against you. People are going to sin against us. And then when that happens and, and we're hurt and we're, you know, we're going through all these emotions because they've sinned against us. He says, you have to forgive and you have to forgive every time when, especially when they come asking for forgiveness. And so, um, it, it it was it, that was one of those times when Peter says, "How many times am I supposed to give? Seven times seventy? And 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 Jesus says, "You you have to forgive every time because that's what God does for us. He forgives us of our sins, and and we went through that all pretty deep, and and we discovered that that if we want forgiveness from God, then we also have to." Uh, forgive others that have sinned against us. And you can go back if you haven't listened to those podcasts for Luke chapter 17, but I, I cover that extensively. So in Luke 18, Jesus is continuing his teaching to his disciples. And, and, in, in, and in this chapter, he starts, he starts off by talking about prayer. And so he tells them this story of of a judge and a widow and he says that this judge he doesn't fear God so he doesn't care anything about God and he doesn't care anything about people but there was this widow who was wanting justice in a dispute with her enemy and the judge Jesus said he was a harsh and non-caring man this judge he ignored the widow over and over and over again but the woman didn't give up she was persistent and that's a key word she was very persistent she just kept on and kept on and kept on and, and bothering this judge over and over again until one day the judge he finally caved because this woman was getting on his absolute last nerve and in luke 18 verses 4 and 5 jesus says this he says the judge ignored her for a while but finally he said to himself i don't fear god or care about people but this woman is driving me crazy I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. So she was persistent. She kept on and on. Even though he he ignored her, he said no over and over. 
she kept on and on, and finally she wore him down. And he said, I'm getting rid of this woman. And so she gave uh, this widow justice that she had been asking about over and over again. But obviously, the judge in this story is, is not God. But listen to what Jesus tells his disciples in verses 6 through 8. He says, uh, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. When the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on, on the earth who have faith? So I, I want to point some things out here that Jesus says, it, and, and I want to take what he says at the end and, and, and work our way backwards because uh, there, there, there's a, a great lesson in what Jesus is telling his disciples. Um, of course, and we covered this in the, in, the, in the last few podcasts because there was a Pharisee who asked Jesus about the end times and when it's going to happen. But I'm just going to basically say this because Jesus says, but when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? So I'm not going to get into the Son of Man or Jesus returning to earth because the fact is he is returning. When he ascended back to heaven in Acts chapter 1 and he and the disciples are sitting there staring at him as he floated off into, into the clouds, into the air and disappeared. And the angels were standing there beside the disciples. They didn't even recognize that there were angels there and the angels get their attention. He says, why, why are you staring at Jesus as he's... Uh, leaving you he said they said this same jesus is going to return to you just like he left you and and so ever since that moment they've been looking for the return of jesus the church today we as as christ followers we are still looking for his return jesus said no man knows the hour or the day so there's no use i mean there's all kinds of people that try to predict when jesus is coming back don't listen to them because they don't know they don't have any idea they try to take some prophecies and some things that jesus said in the new testament and and, and point to a, a time and, and look they they don't know nobody knows except for god himself and when god is ready he's going to send jesus back and it's, this this thing's all going to be over with and we're going to stand before the judgment seat of christ give an account for our lives and for washing the blood of Jesus we're going into heaven if we're not washing the blood of Jesus we're going to be rejected and we're going into hell for eternity and so the point is Jesus is coming back at some point we don't know when we don't have any idea but he is coming back and that's all I'm going to say about that the fact is the fact whether you believe it or not Jesus is coming back someday at some point in time He's coming back. He is returning to uh, to to judge everybody. And so when the question he said he asked is, when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? It it, it think about that for a second. You know because people have this concept, this idea that. When they become a Christian, then nothing bad's going to happen to them, and, and 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 that's just that's a false way of thinking because all you're doing is setting yourself up for failure. You're going to get your feelings hurt because, friends, I'm here to tell you, it it doesn't matter if if you're serving Jesus and you could be serving Jesus to 
to the fullest that you possibly can. Bad things are going to happen. There's evil in the world. Sin is in the world. And when sin entered in, ever since the Garden of Eden, bad things happened. And they still happen. And, and just because we followed Jesus, in fact, because we followed Jesus, bad things are going to happen because there's an enemy out there called Satan. Satan means opposition. He is against Christ. He is, he is the Antichrist. He is against Jesus. And when we follow Jesus, he comes with everything that he has. That's why Paul talks about in Ephesians 6, the putting on the full armor of God. Because we have the shield of faith that's blocking these fiery darts that the enemy is throwing at us. And if, you, if you're not familiar with Ephesians 6, I, I, I ask you to, to go and read it and, and, and learn it. Uh, because he talk, Paul's talking about the armor of God that protects us against the enemy. And, and when we are following Christ, it does not mean that bad things are not going to happen to us. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but bad things are still going to happen to us in our lives. There, there's things that's beyond our control. And like I said, there's evil out there. And and so things happen. I mean, if you think about it... if, if we have studied the book of Acts. You can go back and listen to those podcasts. I mean, we covered Acts with a, a fine-tooth comb, and, and, and it took quite a while. And there's several, or there's a ton of podcasts that that uh, that I recorded for the book of Acts. And and we starting with the stoning of Stephen. Uh, he was killed, brutally murdered, uh, by religious people. You have uh, Saul before he he became uh, Paul and was converted. To Jesus, he was going from house to house and pulling Christians out of homes and men and women and taking them to prison and, and many of them would be killed for their faith. You got in Acts chapter twelve, you got James, one of the apostles, the sons of thunder, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, being beheaded, and then Peter himself is thrown in prison and he was going to be next. But uh, fortunate for Peter, the angel came and rescued him from. The prison and set him free but uh look at the the sufferings that paul went through he talks about in second corinthians about being beaten with rods and 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 and, and with with the uh the cat of nine tails and and the shipwrecks and all these different things that happened paul it, it what makes us think that we're any better than than they are they were persecuted because of of their faith they were they were beaten and, and all and killed because of their faith because they followed jesus and speaking of jesus look at jesus god's own son look what happened to him i just mentioned this is i'm recording this on good friday the day that jesus had a mock trial by the religious people and he was beaten that most people died from the beating that he took and then he was nailed to a cross and then he was hung up on public display display naked uh and and and, and people were just coming by making fun of him he he was um uh he was hung out there to be humiliated and 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 then he dies and was buried and people thought well that's all of that but then he was resurrected three days later but if 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 god's own son if bad things happen to, to jesus god's own son then what makes us think that that bad things are not going to happen to us just because we follow jesus 
I'm just saying all this to remind you that it that you know even though you may wish that it wouldn't happen, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's going to happen. It's just like the weather. Storms come and storms go. And just because we follow Jesus, it does not mean that bad things are not going to happen. They are going to happen. But we can be prepared when they do happen, and we, we can um, uh, help each other. And that's what we're going to talk about here in, in just a few minutes. Bad things are going to happen. The storms are still going to come. And, and here's the truth of the matter. Sometimes, and let's just be honest here, it seems like God is nowhere around. Uh, and, and, and here's the, when Jesus when Jesus asked the question, he says, when, well, when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? Well, <clears throat> when bad things come, and we've established the fact they are going to come at some point. They come to pass, but they're going to come. And so when when bad things come, it the facts of the matter is sometimes it just seems like God's not around. It seems like we're all alone. It seems like we're, everybody's deserted us, including God. And we pray and we pray and we pray and we hear crickets. There's just crickets. It, you know, it just seems like God's not listening. He He's not uh, hearing our prayers. He's not answering our prayers. And, and we just think we're all alone. And it's, that's, that's, that's what the enemy wants you to think. You are not alone. And, and here's the deal. God does care. And God does hear every prayer that we pray. And though it does seem sometimes that he is not there with us, he promises never to leave us nor forsake us. And he is always there. And he knows exactly what is going on in our lives. He is, he is not caught off guard by the things that come in our lives, and and, and and that's what I want to talk about here, uh, just for the next few minutes. And 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 we have to be careful when when those when storms come, when, when uh, what I call life challenges happen in our lives, because if we're not careful, and we feel all alone, and we feel like God has deserted us or abandoned us, and He's not there with us, and He's not listening, He doesn't care. What what can easily happen? I've seen this happen too many times. Been there myself. Uh, I'm sure you you know people. Maybe you yourself have been there. But it's easy to start to waver, and as we start to waver, we start to doubt. And the next thing you know, we we kind of uh, instead of gr- going close to God, we pull away from God, and God becomes more distant and more distant and more distant till. You know, we have distanced ourselves from God. He doesn't distance himself from us. We distance ourselves from him. In Hebrews 10, 23 through 24, it says, Let us hold tightly without wavering. There it is. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Think about that. God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good work. So God, the Bible says that God keeps his promises. And since God keeps his promises, we can hold tight to those promises, to that hope that we have in God, in Christ Jesus. And and so the, that's what I want to remind us of is those promises of God that we have in His Word, and, and, and we—I mean, I know people who literally stand 
They they put their two feet. They put this Bible on the ground and and they they put their two feet on the Bible and they literally stand on the Word of God to signify to God, hey, I'm standing on your Word. I'm standing on your promises. I'm holding tight. I'm holding as tight as I can because the devil will use anything that he can, especially storms that come our way and life challenges, to discourage us and 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 to get us to waver and to not to to, to not put our hope and our trust in God. And he, and that's what he did with Eve. He got her to doubt God. He got her to, to focus on that fruit. And next thing you know, she's taken a bite of the fruit and sin entered in. And that's exactly what he does with us. He tries to get us to doubt God. And when we start to doubt God, he can put a foot into the door. And if we're not careful, the next thing you know, he has just discouraged us completely. And we don't trust God anymore. And so my goal today is to get you to realize that God's promises that there that God is faithful and his promises are yes and amen. Second Corinthians 1 20 says that God's promises are yes and amen. And so we, we gotta be like the widow. She was persistent and she was determined to get uh to get justice. And so she did not give up even though the judge kept saying no. And so Jesus says, don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. Well, you know, I just said that when we pray and we're going through a storm, we're going through a trial, we're going through a life challenge and we're praying, we pray and we pray and we're hearing crickets. It seems like God doesn't care. He's not answering our, our, our prayer. And here's Jesus saying, don't you think God is going to give justice to his chosen people. I mean, we've been washing the blood of Jesus. We've been filled with this Holy Spirit. And, and so we have direct access to the throne of God, the Bible tells us. And so God is, we can trust that God is hearing our prayers. He, he's not caught off guard by what's going on in our lives. He knows exactly what's going on. And so we pray and we pray and we pray, but we're not getting the answer that we're praying for. And so we think we can tend to think that, that God doesn't care. And, and and Jesus says here, will God keep putting them, putting them off? Well, it, sometimes it seems like God's putting us off. It really does. And Jesus says, I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. And, and I don't know about you, but I, I, there's been th- things that I've been praying for in my life that seems like forever. Uh, I've been praying for them for a long time and, and I haven't received the answer, or at least I haven't received the answer that I wanted, and 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 I'm thinking, okay, God, where are you at? What's going on? What do you care? Do you not care? But I, I I have to when I start to doubt, and and instead of putting my trust in my feelings and how I feel, I got to put my trust in His promises, in the Word. It's why it's so important that we be people in the Word, that we're reading God's Word and standing on the promises of God. But it does seem like that God's putting us off. It does it, it does not seem like that God grants justice to us quickly sometimes. But as I said a while ago, God is not caught off guard by what is going on in our lives. He knows exactly what we're going through. He 
He hears our our cries and he sees our tears. Every one of them, I promise you. He sees it and he knows it. He feels our pain. And even though sometimes it doesn't seem like it, he is literally right here with us. He's comforting us and he's walking with us through the whole situation that we're dealing with. I promise you. He promises you. And we got to stand on those promises. And so I I thought of a, an example that I want to give you from the Old Testament that, that points this exact uh, thing out that I'm, that I'm trying to explain to you about how God knows what we're dealing with. He hears our cries. He sees our tears. And he will, at some point, come through if we stay faithful. And that's what Jesus said. Will, will he find faith when he comes back? And so our, the whole point of the point of this is to be like the widow who, when the judge kept saying no, she didn't give up. She was persistent, and she kept on after the judge until she got justice. She didn't give up. And so that's what Jesus is saying here to his disciples. Do not give up on God. And so back in the Old Testament, God had made a promise to Abraham that he was going to... Uh, produce a great nation that his seed would be great um and and that covenant started in exodus chapter 12 and if you're not familiar with the story of joseph um he was the kid who had the coat of many colors in genesis chapter 37 and he was rejected by his brothers because he had had a dream and his his brothers were already jealous of him because his dad played favorites with him and and now he's had a dream that that his family is going to be bowing down to him so his brothers are going to kill him but instead of killing him they they sell him into slavery and so joseph goes into slavery for many years and then uh he, he's bought by potiphar and potiphar's wife uh lies and says that he tried to uh, uh rape her and and so then he's put in prison for many years and then uh he had a chance to get out of prison because he he can interpret dreams and when uh the baker and and the wine taster when he had the butler when he had gotten when those two had gotten out of prison they forgot about uh, joseph and so joseph was forgotten about and he's left in prison for a few more years and then when pharaoh has a dream they remember oh there's a guy in your prison that can interpret dreams and so he interprets the dream. He he gets uh, he gets put in second command next to Pharaoh. And so he has all this power. He's a great leader in the land of Egypt. And God used Joseph to preserve uh, the Hebrew people. And 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 Joseph's brothers. He he had twelve other brothers, and those twelve brothers would become the twelve tribes of Israel. And they had to come to Egypt to get grain, to get food because of this famine. And see, here's Joseph. He's, he's in power, and he's in control of who's getting the grain. And so he recognizes his brothers. And, and to make the long story short, you can read, that, uh, read this for yourself in Genesis 37. But he, he forgives his brothers. He invites all of their families to come into Egypt and, and live. And over time their families are growing and growing and growing. And so the Hebrew people are expanding and um, in Exodus chapter 1, starting in verse 8, it says this, Eventually a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. And he said to his people, Look, the people of Israel, that's the Hebrew people, now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. 
We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. And if we don't, and if a war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then they will escape from the country. And so the Egyptians made an Israelite, uh, the Israelites their slaves. And they appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with, with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Pithom and Ramses as supply centers for the king. But the, the, but the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptian, Egyptians become, became. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy, and they made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in all their demands. They, they literally made their lives a living hell, if you will, um, they made them slaves. The, he- the Egyptians made the Hebrew people slaves. And they made their lives very, very difficult. And this goes on for years and years and years. And then we're told about the birth of Moses. And I'm just giving you a brief overview. It, but, it, but the Old Testament is so cool. If you've never read the Old Testament, you need to go back and, and read the Old Testament. Talking about the history of the Hebrew people. Because it, it talks about this is where the Messiah is going to be coming from. And this is where it all started. But this, this slavery goes on and their, their lives are living hell for a long time and, and, and they're crying out to God and, 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 and the more they cry out to God, the, the, the harder it gets and the, the more the pressure the Egyptians put on the Hebrew people. And, and so we are told about the birth of Moses and how Moses would eventually lead the Hebrew people out of Egyptian bondage and its oppression, but it's going to take quite a while uh, before this happens and so Moses at one point he tried to be a, a, a leader in his own timing and in his own way and he kills an Egyptian and his own people talk about him killing the Egyptians so Moses flees to the desert and he and he comes across this well and there's some women at the well and he helps them draw water and helps them give water to their their animals and stuff and they go home and they tell their dad what had happened and and so they uh, they invite Moses to come out and and be a farmhand. And the next thing you know, Moses is living there. And the next thing you know, Moses is marrying one of the daughters, and and and, and having children with her. And then and this is what it says in Exodus chapter two, verses twenty three and twenty five. It says years passed. That's how the Bible covers a span of time. It just says years passed. It doesn't say how many years. It just says years passed. And the king of Egypt died. But the Israelites continued to groan under the burden of slavery. They cried out for help, and their cry, listen to this, they cried out for help, right? They're they're in slavery. They're they're having these life challenges. They're living in the storm, And, and so they're crying out to God. They cried out for help, and their cry rose up to God. And verse 24 says, God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. And so Moses is out there with his with his uh, herd one day, and he sees the burning bush that's on fire, and the bush is not burning up. It's just it's on fire, but it's not burning up. And God starts calling him out of this out of this bush, and he's calling him to lead the people out of Egypt into a, a, the promised land. If, 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 is what God calls it, a land that flows with milk and honey. But I want you to hear the words that God told Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 through 10. It says, Then the Lord told him, told Moses, 
I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. God knew what his people were going through. He knew exactly what was happening. He says, I heard their cries because of their harsh slave drivers. I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians have abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. Now just for a, just for a moment, put yourself in the sandals of a Hebrew slave in Egypt. You're working as hard as you can in the blistering heat. It's all types of weather, but probably the majority of the time it's dry and it's hot. And you're trying to meet this quota that, that they have put on you, and it's such a burden because it's, they have made it impossible to reach the quota. And when you don't reach the quota, they're beating the crap out of you. I mean, you're, 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 you're beating so bad that you want to die, but, but they don't kill you because they need you. Uh, they need you to be working for them and making these bricks and building these cities. And so you're having to watch your family suffer as you're suffering. You're constantly crying out to God, begging God to rescue you and to, to save your, your friends and your family, to rescue your loved ones and, and all of these people that you know. And years and years and years pass with nothing but silence from God and more beatings from the Egyptians. You're, you're, you're God's chosen people, right? You, you know that God has made a covenant to your forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And you're like, what the heck is going on? Why is God allowing this to happen in my life? And why is he not delivering me from these beatings that I'm having to take? Why, why are things so bad in my life? And I guarantee you, you've asked that question in your own life to God. When you were going through something very severe, why would God allow this to happen in my life? I thought he loved me. I thought he cared about me. Why is he letting this happen to me? I'm telling you from this example, and I'm showing you from this example, that God knows exactly what you're dealing with, and he hears your cries, and he sees every tear that drips from your eyes. And don't give up. Because that's what happened. We want to give up. And, and I'm sure these Hebrew slaves, they're wanting to give up. And they're wondering, what in the world is going on? Why, why is God not listening? Why, why isn't God delivering us from this Egyptian bondage? But here's the deal. If you were in the sandals of one of those Hebrew slaves, wouldn't you keep reminding yourself of the covenant that God had made with Abraham? And the promises that he had given Abraham. Because you you know you're a part of that promise. And so that would give you hope. And that would that hope would, con, would just keep you going day after day after day. Because you know that there's promises that God has given to your forefathers. 
and you know that God has a plan and that God is going to come through at some point. So you continue to pray. You continue to cry out. And even though the beatings come, you continue to hope and to hope and to hope that someday God is going to deliver you, your family, and your people. Hope, that's, that's what hope does. Hope says today is going to be the day that God delivers. Today is going to be the day that God comes through for us and He leads us to our blessings that He has promised. And then the next thing you know, it happens. That day finally arrives and Moses shows up with Aaron. And the next thing you know, you're on your way to the promised land with your family and Egypt is in the background. God has come through with his promise just as he said he would. But it wasn't easy even then. You know, because the first thing they come to is the Red Sea. And and, and they're afraid they're going to die at the Red Sea. And here come the Egyptians, right? And that's when Moses parts the water and they walk across on dry ground. And God delivers them. He saves them once again. And so even when they were marching to the promised land, it was not easy. And when Joshua took over from Moses... Uh, because they had to wander around the wilderness for 40 years because they didn't trust God. And so they wandered around the wilderness for 40 years. And then Moses dies and Joshua takes over. And and, and it's not like it was uh, an easy thing to do to, to go into the promised land. They had to fight wars and God would fight for them. Um, but they still had to trust God. And, and, and that's what we have to do. We have to trust God. We have to stand on His Word. We have to remind ourselves of the promises of God. And like the, the Hebrew author says, we have to hold tightly to and not waver to the promises of God because there's going to be days that we don't feel like God cares. There's going to be days that we feel like God is not with us, that we're just going to hear crickets. And we're going to pray and we're going to cry and we're going to pray and we're going to cry. And we're still going to be dealing with the situation that we're dealing with. And we're wondering, does God care? And if we stick with his word and we stick with his promises, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is with us. Because he's promised us over and over again that he is faithful and that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And, 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 and so we have hope. And, and Jesus is saying, we have. he's telling his disciples and he's telling us, we have to be like that widow. We have to be persistent. We, can, we cannot give up. Because Jesus said, he says, don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people? That's us. God chose us. We didn't choose God. He chose us. He died for us. He sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. He chose us. He loved us first. The Bible says. And then when we are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, we become a son of God, a child of God. We are adopted into a relationship with God the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have all the promises that God has given in his word. And we can stand on those promises and it gives us hope and we can be persistent and, and, and not waver and not fade away or not fall away. Listen to what Jesus says. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? 
keep crying. If you're going through a, a very difficult situation in your life, don't give up on hope. Continue to pray. Continue to cry day and night. Because Jesus says, will he keep putting them off? The answer is no. Jesus says, I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. In other words, he will answer our prayers. He will come through, guaranteed. And I want to end this podcast just just praying for you. If, if this is you today, if you are dealing with something very difficult in your life, and it seems like God is just not hearing you, and, and you, you, you're depressed, you're anxious, you're worried, uh, because you feel like God has abandoned you, I, I get back in the Word and look at the promises of God and, 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 and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, I'm with you. I'm right here beside you. I'm walking with you through this difficult time. I have not abandoned you, nor will I abandon you. I'm here to comfort you and give you strength. So I want to pray for you today. God, I just thank you for your promises. They are yes and amen. And and God, we know storms come and we know storms pass. But Lord, when those storms come and, and things in our lives are dark and, 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 and they loom over us and, and anxiety comes and depression comes and, and, and worry comes. Lord, help us to hold on to your truths. Help us to look unto Jesus who is the light of the world, who, who lights up the darkness. And God, help us to know that, that you are faithful and that you would never abandon us and that you are hope and i pray for my brothers and sisters who are in christ who are going through a difficult time uh, 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 who are going through a storm in their life right now lord that you would just calm the seas that you would calm the stormy winds that you would give them your peace but just like the hebrew people lord as they cried out to you and and they continued for day after day after day, looking for your promises, looking for your hope. And, 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 and that day finally came. I just pray for deliverance for my brothers and sisters who are going through a struggle right now in their life. I pray, Lord, that, that you would let them know that, that you hear them and that you comfort them and you give them strength. To, to, to hold on to your promises and to hold on to your hope. Thank you for your blessings, Lord. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ that washes away our sins. And thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us and it, He guides us. And Lord, when when our feelings are telling us one thing, help us to hear your voice that leads us into all truth, that we can continue to walk with you and grow closer to you because your word says as we grow closer to you, you grow closer to us and we need you. We need you in a mighty way. I pray for peace for my brothers and sisters who are going through a storm. And God, I just pray your blessings upon them. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, thank you for listening today. We'll pick up with Luke 18 and the next podcast. God bless you. Keep grinding. Don't give up because that's the whole point of what Jesus is saying in this story to his disciples. Do not give up. Just like this widow didn't give up. She didn't give up and the judge finally answered her request. God will come through. Just hold on to the to the faith. Hold on to hope. I'll see you next podcast. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.